0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. <clears throat> I'm Ben. Oh, that's right. Uh Bruce is on vacation. So, I do this alone? No, no, no. That would be far too cruel uh on my part to the rest of you. But what I do have this week uh and for these weeks uh where Bruce is off are some Blasts from the past, if you will. Uh, some passages uh, pondered uh, in in prior weeks uh, from maybe prior years. Uh, so the first reading this coming Sunday is Isaiah 44, uh, verse 6 through 8. Nice, short, and sweet. And it's in a section of Isaiah that is called Israel the Chosen. But back in on April, uh, I believe it's April 2nd. Uh, or seventh uh, I should say um, in 2009 we had a passage from Isaiah 43 which is in the prior section talk, talking about Israel's unfaithfulness uh, so it's a kind of like a dual discussion of uh, Israel's unfaithfulness and in the next chapter the author uh, still takes time to make sure to let everyone know that Israel is still a chosen people so a little bit of a criticism and a little bit of a, an uplifting uh, uh, portion. So, in in rather than trying to interpret uh, or have a one man discussion of uh, this week's reading, uh, I'm going to provide you the context of the verses prior to this, uh, so that uh, when you come upon uh, Isaiah 44 verse six through eight, you can uh, read it and uh, it hopefully will inform some of your discussion. Uh, or or inner thoughts about it uh, for this Sunday. So enjoy this passage from April 7th, 2019. So we start here uh, this week with Isaiah 43, verses 16 through 21. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to drink. To give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, so that they may declare my praise so uh okay there we go i was reading i was rereading that and it starts off with thus says the lord and then there's a whole bunch of like i was trying to remind myself what did the lord actually say in this line because it's Mm -hmm. like oh he who he who does this and he right so do not remember the former things or consider the things of old um and and goes on to say like I'm gonna do something something new. Um, is there like what is what is the new thing? Because he, he it doesn't there, it doesn't, two, doesn't quite go into great detail right. as to what that is.
1: There are two levels here mm-hmm. on the the actually there are at least two and a half, maybe three or four, five, six, <laughs> eight. There are ten levels. There are lots of levels. <laughs> that's that's really the beauty, one of many parts of the beauty of the Hebrew scriptures, of the Old Testament, as there's layers upon layers, um, even more so than the New Testament. So, this is a, a passage that is proclaimed by Isaiah as the um, captured Israelites are being freed from Babylon. Mm-hmm. The ba- Babylonians were conquered by the Persians, so, so their empire's gone. Mm-hmm. And the Persians' reaction to all these people, the Babylonians had captive, or at least the Israelites, get out of here. We don't don't need you anymore. And so the first layer of this is a promise that they are going to go home now. Mm -hmm. And that as they go home, God is walking with them. Because that of course is always the question when you ever go on a journey is, am I going the right way? Am I walking with God? Mm -hmm. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? So this is First of all, a reassurance from God that you are doing the right thing. And it harkens back to the exodus out of Egypt hundreds of years before when Mm. they were freed from the Egyptians. The other thing that's happening here for Christians is that this passage is associated with the Jesus event Mm. of God breaking into history in this whole new way Mm -hmm. of God walking among us as a human being. And Hence these new things right. that are referred to here, but then the third or two-and-a-half level Is in the Hebrew unlike in the English translations usually the verbs used are ongoing verbs mm. so verbs that are often translated either as past or future depending on the perspective of the translator mm-hmm. really are ongoing so God is constantly doing a new thing. And it's not a single event. And so it's supposed to take us from the time of the Israelites being freed from Pharaoh in Egypt, Mm -hmm. through the time of being freed from the now collapsed Babylonian empire, through the rest of history, Hmm. that God is constantly doing a new thing. It's one of those fascinating grammatical um, tricks that doesn't survive usually in English Hmm.
0: Uh, so and and, 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 a, and a reminder of like you know don't don't pay, don't don't worry about what's in the past it's, yep this is a very forward thinking you know uh, um, uh, conversation here where we're you know um, and which, which is kind of interesting because uh, um, normally when the way the verse starts off, Normally when you're going to go in this litany list of who the Lord is, which is essentially what happens. Thus says right. the Lord, and this is who the Lord is. Remember who you God know, is. Who yeah. makes a way in the in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. Usually it's kind of this litany list of like the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, uh-huh. the God of your forefathers, blah, 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 blah. And in this verse, uh, it really takes a completely different tactic that I, I don't know as if I... I, I see very often, where it's like, you know, thus says the Lord, and the Lord does, you know, who controls this, and who, who, uh, um, who, uh, it, it's definitely ev- 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 evoking that imagery of coming out of Egypt, right? But it doesn't go into that, necessarily that, that same feel of, you know, um, permanence in, in prior history, like it doesn't, doesn't, you know, list Names of kings and right, you know. right it doesn't have to be gats in it. Or <clears throat> yeah, <anything>. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I find that kind of interesting <clears throat> because it's a different way that 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 God is is necessarily kind of referred to. The Lord's referred to here, and that kind of sets it up
1: for that forward thinking. Right, and it... <clears throat> excuse me, it's some weeks back we had the uh, self revelation by God to Moses that God is the Great I Am. Right, the the, the active verb of to be. And this harkens back to that kind of theological construct hmm. mm-hmm. that we can't put God in no box and say, these are the qualities of God. These are mm-hmm. the people who God has blessed. But instead it goes back to that God as an active verb. Right. And in constant action, in constant right. intervention in our lives. And yes, it harkens back to the Egyptian events, but using a, a grammatical construction so that we know that that those were not one-time things. Right, right, but it's right. That's the way in which God wants to interact with us forever and ever. Right. And the other thing is that this is a poem. I, I okay. should have started with that. That this is most of um, chapter forty-three and into forty-four is a poem. Hmm. And so there, there are different rules. Sure. Uh, sure. One uh, gets to use. It's some not exactly iambic pentameter, but yeah, but but, but but not it, far it, from it. But it's not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, so it's not designed to be an uh, encyclopedia entry, though. I guess to update, I should say a Wikipedia entry. Right, right. right. No <laughs> one uses those, those things yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it it gets to play with language in a way that um, a straight-out uh, oratory or non nonfiction mm-hmm. written document would not be allowed to do and be seen as credible.
0: Hmm. Very cool. I don't think I have anything more on Isaiah. Should we move yeah. on? Sure. I like that though. I, I I'm gonna, to, we're gonna have to go back and, and read 43 and 44. Oh, it's
1: it's so that's a great a, one to read a poem in an entire. as with most Sunday readings, we only get a little glimpse of what the chapter is getting yeah. at. Right. And there's so much there, and it's just so beautifully written. So, this... <laughs>
0: boy, you said it. Wasn't that great, folks? Moving on to our second reading, it's uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 12 through 25. This is a section of Romans that is entitled, Life Through the Spirit. Um, And you might not, uh, it hasn't been too terribly long ago, but the uh, readings from March 29th of this year were uh, were verses 6 through 11, so leading right up into it. So I thought this might be a good reminder of exactly where the discussion was, and uh, maybe uh, it will help carry through the interpretation of this week's reading. Ironically, March 29th uh, looks, as far as I could tell, I believe that was the first uh, the first Sunday of quarantine. So, boy, that's depressing. And speaking of depressing, let's listen to us. So let's let's move on to the Book of Romans, then, uh, 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 chapter eight, verses six through eleven. Um, to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God; it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But if you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life because of righteousness, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. Also through this, his spirit that dwells in you. Um, To set the mind on the flesh is death. I think a lot of times the the translation of this uh, passage and others like it, uh, the the use of the word flesh um, kind of gives it a, a, um, I I guess I would almost say a a sexualized undertone. At least in my mind, it, it often, Creates that kind of imagery of talking about uh, 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 those kinds of, of things. I don't necessarily, though, as I read this passage uh, again, feel as though that's necessarily the intention. Um, the, the intention is just talking about uh, um, your worldly concerns, the, the, the right. concerns of you know this life, and and with with disre- almost disregard to. Uh, um anything beyond yourself in the here and now is that
1: yeah fair I mean, definitely fair and and right on the money the you know american culture tends to have the the psyche of a 12 year old boy and so you know we we read the word flash and we start start to giggle like beavis and butthead
0: uh, <laughs> Well, no, I I did go (laughs) back, Beavis and Butthead, but go ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And immediately that dates me, too. I know.
0: uh, That's fair. Mike Judge rules. That's fine. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's, yeah, it's not, it doesn't refer to naked people. It's Uh instead, just like you say, it's the general um, preoccupation about what's going on in the physical world around us. And Paul goes into this quite a bit earlier in Romans, so he's referring back to this long passage he has about being concerned about wealth and fame <coughs> and influence and all those things. and so this is not this actually ties in nicely with the reading we just had from Ezekiel where mm-hmm. he's trying to play with the image, I believe, of the dry bones of the the person standing there without the spirit of God yet in them. Right. And that he's basically saying if you if that's how you see humanity then you are far from the spirit. You are far from the god that indwells within you. You you're just basically in denial about how <laughs> god works. Huh, okay. And the same word here spirit is the same word that is used in the Ezekiel passage about spirit life, life force, god's breath that sort of.
0: Oh, okay. Word. So so when it says prophesy to the breath, uh it's th- that same word is spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um and and that does make some sense, right? Because you know, if if you are constantly preoccupied with um your worldliness, the, the 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 um strict uh experience you have in this body that 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 we have um you have no time for um any 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 of god's uh, uh any of the things god calls us to do because that constantly is a calling for you to think outside of yourself um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah and there's it denies our common what they use the term from the prayer book our common humanity of mm-hmm. how we are all interconnected all through creation in no small part by this life-giving spirit Hmm. Um.
0: Unlike the other two uh, readings, this one's a little shorter. Um, I'm sure
1: that I'm sure that was intentional because the lectionary builders knew <laughs> they had two long <laughs> readings here.
0: Yeah. God bless uh, whoever has to read our uh, our. Uh, oh, that's right. It's going to be Deacon Kathy, won't it? Uh, yeah. Our gospel reading. Um, yeah. I... We are putting her to work in her her uh, her quarantine.
1: Um. That's right. <laughs> I already warned her to have a big cup of tea before and keep her voice going.
0: (laughs) Yeah, these these John readings are huge. Uh, uh, Anything else about this uh, reading from the book of Romans?
1: Just to follow up what I was just saying, in most English translations, um, like in verse 9 where it says, you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit, Mm -hmm. and goes on, the, the word spirit is capitalized so that we as Christians automatically see that as Holy Spirit. But mm-hmm. um, that it's not clear that that's what Paul meant. That going to this older term of spirit that goes back to the very opening chapter of Genesis about mm-hmm. the movement of God, the life force, all that sort hovering, of thing. Covering over the water, that one. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, and again, Ezekiel passage, dry bones, that um, it's not clear he meant the Holy Spirit, but instead was more of the trying to remind us of that deep, deep uh, presence of God's indwelling, which of course includes the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's the Holy Uh Trinity that's in each one of us. So it's not inaccurate, but in in some ways it takes away the connection with all of the many times in the Hebrew scriptures where the term breath of God is used. Interesting. The other thing,
0: as you were pointing out to uh, chapter nine, or chapter nine, verse nine, uh, that struck me. um, The the verse starts off talking about like the difference between uh, um, whether you're set on the flesh or you're set on the the mind of the spirit. Verse nine kind of, um, it, it seems like it's creating a dividing line until you get to verse nine. And verse nine is It's, it's, uh, this is Paul, right? Paul is pointing out, uh, even though I've created this contrast in these verses before, let me settle this now. You're not in the flesh, right? Right. You, you, you are undeniably in the spirit. So you either are, you, you are either, um, it, it it exists, it's there whether you like it or not. And what those passage that previous passage is talking about. Uh, the previous verses are saying uh, whether or, or basically identifying,
1: you know, um, your thought processes
0: You're either you're either aware of this or you're not or you're willfully ignorant. <laughs>
1: right. Yes. But, yes. Uh,
0: but, but whether you like it or not, you are in the camp of uh, of being a part of the spirit. So set your mind to acknowledge that fact and to, to, to live that way. And, and, and don't be ignorant of the, of that. And don't think that the, 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 uh, the mind of the flesh is all there is to this existence because it, it's not. Um, so I it was struck by that, that, uh, uh, that clarification of like, even though I've created this, this kind of a split, uh, there's, you, you do belong in this camp, whether you, whether you, acknowledge that or not
1: right right on boy i
0: sounded awful in that recording just goes to show uh, that uh never have i always had all the electronic ducks in a row uh, but uh let's move on to the gospel this week the gospel reading is uh matthew chapter 13 verse 24 through 30 and 36 through 43 I don't actually have a clip to throw here. Uh, The way the lectionary readings go, uh, we haven't had a chance to visit Matthew chapter 13 uh, or the really the surrounding informative passages uh, since we've been doing the podcast. Uh, It doesn't come around nearly as often. Uh, And the closest thing I could throw us to is simply last week's, um, podcast because it was the parable prior to this parable. And here in chapter 13, we get to experience a number of different parables that kind of run back to back. And while Jesus is kind of in a parable format here, uh, and we're going sequentially Sunday to Sunday, they don't, the parables kind of also do stand on their own. So I don't think it would be fair to A, play a uh, recording from simply last week when uh, uh you probably already uh, hopefully got a chance to listen to that uh and could very easily go back and uh listen to that yourself uh without too much difficulty you'd be able to find it uh, and it also too wouldn't be fair still to for me to uh give any thoughts of mine on it and there's not so see not any um other versions of this parable as far as I can find, in uh, the other gospel writings. Last week's parable uh, appears apparently in three different gospels, but uh, this one is uh, Matthew itself. And it's the Parable of the Weeds. So what I think I'll do, I'll I'll just uh, read it out loud uh, so that we can conclude the podcast with it having been read. And uh, uh, I'll invite you back for next week. And uh, we're... Bruce will still be on vacation, but uh, I'll, I'll still find some, some informative uh, prior discussions to kind of help color uh, the, the week's readings. So Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. And before I read this, interestingly enough, you'll notice that it skips uh, several verses. Crammed in between here is another parable, uh, and that's the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. Um, and as you'll be able to see here in verse 36, interestingly, the crowd that was, uh, there, uh, um, uh, leaves and the disciples come back to him and go, I want to talk more about the parable of the weeds. (laughs) They don't really have questions about the other two. Uh, uh, so there's something about the parable of the weeds that kind of, uh, intrigued the disciples to, to want to know more. Uh, Whereas at least in this gospel encounter, there weren't questions to really be had about the others. So, so Matthew 13 says, he put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds, and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us this parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man, the field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom, the weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and eat all evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. That'll conclude our podcast for uh, July 19th, 2020, Proper 11. Uh, We encourage you to join us uh, in our various ways of worship by uh, visiting our website, hfec.org. You can also see our uh, videos, our, our online worship videos at HFEC Videos on YouTube. Uh, But we look forward to worshiping with you this coming Sunday and, uh, quite frankly, all the days in between. Uh, Until next week, I'm Ben, portions of that were Bruce, and we'll talk to you next Sunday. Bye-bye.